What had been planned as a typical school board meeting in Virginia's wealthy Loudoun County this week devolved into pandemonium. Shame on you! Shame on you! With hundreds of parents flooding an auditorium to accuse the school system of teaching their kids that racism in America is structural and systemic, something the school board denies is part of the curriculum. Things got so heated that the board members eventually walked out leaving the police to deal with the unruly crowd. Two people left in handcuffs. This is an unlawful arrest. I have a First Amendment right. Loudoun County School Board has been roiled for months by accusations that it has embraced critical race theory, a school of thought that maintains that racism is ingrained in U.S. law and institutions and that legacies of slavery and segregation have created an uneven playing field for black Americans. Welcome, welcome everyone. Welcome back to another great episode of the Ape Academy podcast. <laughs> Once again, guess who? Chase H, the host of this wonderful program. We are so happy you could join us today. We hope you guys had a great weekend. We hope that you guys had a great day today. And we also hope that you guys have cool plans for the rest of the evening, other than listening to our podcast. So what are we talking about today? Excuse me. What are we talking about today? Well, from the intro video, you can tell we're talking about a really hot button topic, critical race theory, known as CRT. There's a lot of debate going on about it, and we're going to break it down. So stick with us. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did researching for it. God bless y'all. Ape. We hope you guys had a great weekend. Thank you for joining us today. Quick housekeeping. Please turn on your post notifications because guess what? If you do, when you're watching Ozarks with your wife or husband and hear bing and you see a.p.e, guess what that means? That means that there might be a new episode of the podcast streaming. So, you go to your, your app, whatever app you use. We're on all apps, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Chrome, iTunes, etc., etc. We're on all those great apps. Check us out. That's how you know that there's a new episode streaming. Also, if you could subscribe, that will help us in the ratings. Plus, you'll also get automatic updates. 
If you have a few minutes, you can rate us. Give us five stars, four and a half, four, whatever you feel we deserve. Please be honest because guess what? I look at those and then I use those to kind of improve certain things. All right. So help us out. And if you have like two minutes, a review would be very nice. Like this podcast is dope, exclamation point. <laughs> all that stuff helps. All right. All right. My goodness. Thank you so much for joining us. All right. You guys heard from the intro. It's getting pretty hot on these streets when it comes to CRT. If you're a local school board official right now, you're sweating bullets. Uh, but, but education, right? You guys are educators. Anyone on the school board who's listening, anyone who's a teacher, and it's our duty as educators to fight through the noise, to keep the faith and keep moving forward. We know that the world is is you know rapidly changing, rapidly advancing. It's becoming more diverse, more inclusive, more interconnected. And our kids need to be equipped to handle the future. What I've learned is a lot of these high school kids coming out of high school now, excuse me, when they go to college, they're not ready. They're not ready. The high schools are doing a poor job equipping our students, our young people, with the knowledge and the training that they need. And uh, some folks believe that CRT, critical race theory, is a good rubric to base some new educational policies on, all right? So today we're going to discuss what is CRT. So our episode is entitled Education or Indoctrination, What is Critical Race Theory? Part one. We're going to do two parts. Our sources, UCA Law School, UCLA Law School, the NAE Joint Statement in Support of Anti-Racist Education, the NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund, and the founders, really, of critical race theory in education, Gloria Ladson-Billing and Mr. William F. Tate IV. So those two excellent scholars, they did really the groundbreaking research on critical race theory in education. All right, in education. Critical race theory, known as CRT, really started in the legal field. So what we're going to do the podcast is going to be broken down in three parts. Each part is going to represent a field, right? A certain field. So the first part is going to be the civil rights activists, the civil rights field. They support CRT. The second field is the legal field. And the third field is the educational field. So we got the activists, the lawyers, and the educators. We're going to go through all three of their opinions. Because those are the three that really matter. Parents don't shape policy. Kids don't shape policy. These three people, these three experts, civil rights, legal, and educational, we have to listen to their opinion on the subject, and we have to make our own judgments, okay? So we're going to go through each field and what they feel about the topic of critical race theory. All right. Let's start off with my infamous 
introductory rant. <laughs> I love ranting in the beginning. I can't wait. All right, here we go. First things first, let's turn off CNN, MSNBC, Breitbart, Fox News, The Ben Shapiro Show, and all other of the heavily biased so-called news outlets. We need to start with some definitions. I have decided to do a special bonus podcast on this topic because it is explosive. And we all know the Ape Academy podcast loves talking about explosive stuff. When you mention the phrase CRT, the opinions and reactions are always extreme. And the misinformation floating around makes an honest and open discussion very difficult. People choose sides almost immediately after hearing one Tucker Carlson segment on Fox News or looking at a one highly partisan political website. Honestly, as a historian, the ignorance about CRT is really shocking. Accurate facts are in short supply in the mainstream media. No one seems to care about having an honest and open examination on what critical race theory actually studies and how it can be applied to help give our young people, our leaders of the future, the proper tools to navigate a society and a world that is becoming more diverse and more interconnected by the minute. Few people out there have taken the time to do more than a quick Google search or to even look at more than one source before they pass judgment. And to be honest, look, I totally understand the backlash towards CRT. You know why? Because history is ugly. History is nasty. History is bloody and violent. History isn't fair. History doesn't care about your feelings. America's history is dark and it is stained by the blood of millions of oppressed people ranging from the indigenous tribes who were systematically and brutally exterminated, quote, the only good Indian is a dead one. That is a direct quote from an American politician in the 19th century. African slaves and later their offspring who suffered the horrors of chattel slavery, reconstruction, and then Jim Crow, Japanese Americans, honest, tax-paying, hard-working men and women were thrown into internment camps with no due process during World War II, no legal representation, and they were accused of being spies with no evidence. These are just a few examples. However, that does not mean that America is not a great democracy. It does not mean that America is not an amazing country that has led the free world by example for generations. Studying the true history of America means just like its cousins in Europe who have many of their own skeletons in their closet, America's history is scarred with injustice. If we aren't willing to at least peek behind that curtain, we will never get to a place where we can sit down, look each other in the eye, and truly understand each other. That is a fact. That is my opening monologue. <laughs> Actually, this whole podcast is a monologue, but you know how, like, every single, like, you know how, like, uh, I think Tucker Carlson has a monologue, Don Lemon has a monologue, I think Anderson, I don't know if Anderson does, I know Chris Cuomo did before he got fired. Yeah, so I'm just, I'm just going after them. Ben Shapiro's show is, is, the whole show is a monologue, so 
I think I'm uh I'm I'm walking the footsteps of the greats, right? Okay. So let's uh let's talk about some definitions. First things first, right? L let's cut through the bull crap, guys. All right. I'm tired of hearing a lot of people who don't know what the hell they're talking about. I had a friend who is talking about oh, CRT is racist, CRT is racist. And I asked him, well, where's your evidence? He showed me a website of a Republican congressperson from North Carolina. I'm like, how is that evidence? That's just a political website. We need to understand what is CRT? What is the actual definition of CRT? All right. What is CRT and who started it? What is critical race theory? So this is from the NAACP's legal website. Critical race theory, or CRT, is an academic and legal framework that denotes that systematic racism is part of American society, from education and housing to employment and healthcare. CRT recognizes that racism is more than the result of individual bias and prejudice. It is in fact embedded in laws, policies, and institutions that uphold and reproduce racial inequalities. According to CRT, societal issues like black Americans' higher mortality rate, their outsized exposure to police violence, the school-to-prison pipeline, denial of affordable housing, and the rates of, the de of death of black women during childbirth are not unrelated anomalies. Who created CRT? Critical race theory was first developed by legal scholars, legal, in the 1970s and 1980s following the civil rights movement. It was, in part, a response to the notion that society and institutions were now colorblind. CRT holds that racism was not and has never been eradicated from our laws, politics, or institutions and that it is still woven into the fabric of their very existence. All right, so that's the official NAACP definition, and I played with it a little bit to add my own thoughts and my own, you know, my own, you know, my, not my own thoughts, my own language. I changed the language up because I didn't want to do a direct quote. But CRT, CRT is, is saying that pretty much there's racism woven into the framework of our society into a lot of different institutions, all right? And, um, you know, you would think that would be obvious because it's not like hundreds of years of slavery, repression, you got uh, Reconstruction, Jim Crow, segregation, then finally the Civil Rights Movement is sparked, it's, it's, it's birthed, and black folks are fighting for their freedom, they're fighting back, they're marching, they're demanding voting rights, they're demanding equal rights under the law, Dr. King comes along and leads his people on marches and sit-ins, and then Lyndon B. Johnson, President Lyndon B. Johnson, he caves and he pushes through the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act. Now, those are federal laws, not state laws, they're federal laws. Brown v. Board of Education in 54 is a Supreme Court decision. So what does that mean? That means that these things were decided on a very, very high level, right? Meaning it's going to take, well, it's, it shouldn't, right? It should, be ha it should happen immediately, but it's going to take decades 
for these changes to actually actually take place. My wife, she taught me. She showed me today. She's from Houston, Texas. I didn't even know this until today, and, and she let me know that Houston schools did not fully integrate until 1984. Brown v. Board of Education was in 54. That is three decades. Three decades. It took 30 years for the state of Texas, for the city of Houston, to make sure their schools were fully integrated. And what they did was they played with the, uh, with the mapping of the different districts. They would play around with the maps of the city to make sure that black and Hispanic kids stayed in their own schools. This is why we need CRT. Yeah, I said it. I said it. You can quote me on that. That's what Mark Levine says. Have you guys ever heard Mark Levine? He's a conservative commentator. Yeah, I said it. That's what he <laughs> That's what he says all the time like because you're not going to know about this stuff until you do the research. There are ways that a city can cut up their map to make sure that one segment of the population stays in one segment of the city and doesn't leave. There's ways people can make sure that certain groups in this country don't vote or have a harder time voting. They're trying to do that right now in multiple southern states. When they saw that black folks were coming out to vote for Joe Biden, all of a sudden every state wants to change their freaking voter laws. Why do you think that is? This is why CRT is necessary. We need to understand, our kids need to understand that Racism didn't just go away after the civil rights movement was over. Well, all right, guys, Dr. King, uh, Dr. King, man, he was just a knight in shining armor and he, you know, he just did it all. And man, he would be, man, he would just be so happy. No, Dr. King would still be fighting on the front lines right now. God bless his soul. All right. So this is why critical race theory or variations of it, or just diversity training, just, just inclus inclusion training, they call it, in general, I feel should be implemented. Now, forced? I don't believe in anything being forced, right? I hate when people say you should force someone to do something. No. Right? Let the school board decide. The government should not be banning anything or forcing anything, all right? All right, anyway, so remember, we're breaking up this podcast into three parts. Our first part, we're going to talk about civil rights organizations. And for our organization, we're going to use the NAACP because they are the oldest and the coldest civil rights organization in the country, all right? They support CRT, and this is why. So on the NAACP website, they, they ask a question. Why should you care about critical race theory? And this is their answer. Critical race theory should be embraced as a framework to develop laws and policies that can dismantle structural inequalities and systematic racism. Building a more equitable future requires an examination of how the shameful history of slavery, caste, and systematic racism were foundational 
to laws and institutions that exist today. That's a quote. So, this is their chief argument for their support of critical race theory. The, su the supporters of critical race theory, what they do is they approach talking about America's race problems by saying, look, we're not pointing the finger at anybody. We're not pointing at a particular race saying they're evil or they're, or they're the wrongdoers. All right. Me personally, I've always been kind of surprised at that type of response from some of the people in the videos, in the news clippings that I looked at. There was one clip where a an older gentleman, he was being interviewed and he said, CRT is, is, uh, is anti-white. I, I don't understand how CRT is anti-white. The CRT training is not saying that white people were even responsible for any of this. It's just simply pointing out the experiences of certain people of color in the country. So I think there's kind of a misunderstanding, maybe in some of the language, I'm not sure exactly where the misunderstanding is. I, it's hard to kind of understand. The NAACP writes that CRT is being mislabeled and twisted to fit into a certain narrative that stresses equality of opportunity and promotes a general general whitewashing of American history. So there's a lot of times I sit back personally and I marvel at the shift in attitude from the era of Jim Crow and segregation to the critical race theory era of 2022. When schools or employers have been suggesting that they install diversity training, diversity education, their, their opponents have actually used old school left-wing liberal arguments against it which you would think would be like wow th you know this is what the hippies used to say i saw a sign that said we are one race as a sign a, a counter protester uh that that was saying crt should go down insane <laughs> the naacp writes quote the term crt has been co-opted by opponents as a catch-all and rallying cry to silence any discussions about systematic racism, ban the truthful teaching of American history, and reverse progress toward racial justice. The term has been unjustifiably used to include all diversity and inclusion efforts, race-conscious policies, and education about racism, whether or not they draw from CRT. Attempts to ban CRT are really attacks on free speech on discussions about the truthful history of race and racism in the U.S. and the lived experiences of black people and other people of color. Lawmakers and proponents of the bans, they insist that they are advocating for a balanced and, quote, patriotic education. However, these bans do the exact opposite. They deny the truth about our nation's history. They silence dissent and they punish those who speak the truth to counter whitewashed falsehoods end quote so I'm going to summarize that basically the problem is that the opponents of critical race theory are, are using critical race theory incorrectly they are now labeling any type of discussion on diversity inclusion 
and racism as pushing CRT, as pushing some sort of narrative like people are making this stuff up, like like this stuff didn't actually happen. Look, <laughs> I'm a historian. If If I study things and it didn't happen, I'll tell you it didn't happen that way. There is no denying what happened in this country to certain groups of people. You can try to whitewash things all you want. You can try to erase history all you want. It's funny. The same people who want to <laughs> who want to erase history with CR with banning CRT are the same people who want to keep the Confederate monuments up because they are saying that the left wants to erase history. It's the same argument used in different contexts, right? Does that make sense? All right, let's talk about the legal field now. All right, so the the lawyers are all for CRT. Uh, I found a joint statement from the five deans of the University of California Law School System. All right, so these are the five deans of the best law schools in California. They support critical race theory. And they wrote a joint statement condemning the 2020 decision of President Trump and his administration to ban critical race theory training for federal employees. So, so this joint statement is a direct response to this ban by President Trump. This was in 2020, and pretty much immediately as soon as Joe Biden was elected, he reversed it. As an academic field that began on the graduate level in law school, specifically, it is really important to examine the views of legal scholars and legal experts on critical race theory and its importance. Quote, as the deans of the five University of California law schools, we write with one voice to defend critical race theory and to speak against the attacks upon it by the president of the United States and the Office of Management and Budget. The faculties of the UC law schools include many of the leading scholars in critical race theory, CRT. And our law schools engage in a good deal of scholarship, teaching, and policy work about how race and racial oppression shape law and society. We are deeply distressed to see the federal government attack this important intellectual tradition, caricature it in an unjustified and divisive manner and ban federal employees from learning about it through trainings, end quote. So this is what actually happened. On September 4th, 2020, the director of the Office of Management and Budget at the direction of President Trump, he banned any training within the federal government related to critical race theory, calling it, quote, anti-American propaganda. The deans of the UC Law School go on to highlight why this executive order is misguided. Quote, the OMB, the Office of Management and Budget, equates critical race theory to two inaccurate and wildly oversimplified tenets. One, that the United States is an inherently racist or evil country. And two, that white people are inherently racist or evil. This characterization reduces a sophisticated, dynamic field, interdisciplinary and global in scope to two simplistic absurdities the deans go on to dismantle president trump's 
simplistic and ignorant view of CRT. They explain that in fact, the primary principle of CRT is that there is nothing distinctly inherent about race itself. Race is defined as more of a social construct than any distinct biological marker. According to the deans, critical race theory allows students to, conf to confront with, quote, unflinching honesty how race has been used as a tool to strengthen inequality and foster injustice in our systems. What CRT does is it explores how race has, quote, operated in our history and our present and to recognize the deep ongoing operation of structural racism through which racial inequality is reproduced within our economic, political, and educational systems, even without individual race intent, end quote. The statement scoffs at the OMB's absurd claim that CRT is contrary to all we stand for as Americans and should have no place in the federal government. That's a direct quote from the OMB. The deans believe that CRT is in fact following truly American principles at its core. The American way of digging for answers, of seeking ways to improve life for its citizens, on intellectual dialogue, and on and at least on paper, ensuring the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for all of its citizens, regardless of accident of birth. UCLA Law believes that federal employees and their own law students need this type of educational training in order to understand the nuances of their fields. Quote, if employers learned about the theory of intersectionality, it might help them understand why black women face a larger wage gap than either white women or black men and help motivate federal programs that try to address the disparities they face. End quote. Students are particularly impacted from learning and teaching CRT as part of their legal education. Many UCLA students go on to work in public service or they dedicate their careers to pro bono work and will thus have a moral duty to help make the legal system more equal for all. The statement concludes with UCLA and the other deans recognizing the value of diversity in their communities and acknowledging that they still have work to do to become more anti-racist. The anti-American propaganda put out by CRT opponents is dismissed as anti-intellectual and as fear-mongering. <clears throat> they compare this anti-American propaganda rhetoric to McCarthyism and the Red Scare of the 1950s. And they called that era the most deeply anti-intellectual episode in our own history. So, why am I mentioning this, Chase? Chase, why are you mentioning this? Why am I mentioning this? Well, I'm, I'm quoting this official statement of the UC Law Deans to educate what the legal field thinks about CRT. Because remember, CRT started as a legal research uh, theory. CRT began as a field studied only in law school. And what it did was it attempted to reconcile the seemingly endless inequalities that black citizens who were caught in the snares of the legal system faced, right? They were trying to equate that with the history of race in this country. They were trying to find answers. When people talk about CRT, they're speaking about a very specific academic field of study, 
yes, it is interdisciplinary, but it was very much focused on exploring race as a social construct, right? It wasn't exploring necessarily the evil of individual people, right? It's not saying that. It's saying, like, how does race factor into some of our institutions? And I honestly think it is really important to keep that in mind. All right, guys, we're doing a quick musical interlude. I'll be back in a freaking flash. Ape. Oh, boy, here we go. This song is called Ghost Ride. This is part three. This is the last part of today's podcast. So, we talked about the opinions of the civil rights community. We used the NAACP as the standard of civil rights organizations. Then we skipped over. Then we skipped to the legal field. We talked about the opinion of arguably the best law system, law school pipeline in the entire United States, in California, the University of California law system, law school system, right? I don't know what it's officially called. So, you know, UCLA, UC Berkeley, etc. UC Santa Barbara, all those amazing law schools, all the deans, they agreed CRT is necessary. And they support it. They put 100% of their backing behind it as an important academic field of study. The third and probably the most important group are the educators. What do the actual teachers think about CRT? The people who are tasked to impart this type of knowledge and these lessons to our children, their opinion is, should be the most important opinion of all opinions. And guess what? They also support critical race theory. All right. So I found a joint statement from the NAE and the AERA. <laughs> I don't know if you pronounce it. All right. So the National Academy of Education and the American Educational Research Association. And it was published on September 24, 2020, in the wake of President Trump's unconstitutional ban on CRT and federal training. And the joint statement was aimed at addressing the importance of studying race and diversity with regards to the early development of children. The statement opens with the assertion that the hallmark of a democratic society is the support and encouragement of free speech. Free speech is so important that it was enshrined in the Constitution with the First Amendment. Both free speech and academic freedom are deeply ingrained in our free society. Even when these ideals might be unpopular 
or controversial, there is, quote, no more precious right than free speech, end quote. The NEA writes that, is o- that it is only through, quote, respect for evidence-based discourse on difficult subjects that we advance as a society, end quote. Just as a democratic society needs to support the pursuit of scientific and scholarly knowledge free of political manipulation or intrusion, our country needs an educational system that is not highly politicized or censored, but one that, quote, rather seek the truth by exploring even the most difficult truths. We need to teach students to engage on difficult topics with intellectual integrity and respectful discourse. The NEA and ER, e, <laughs> AERA sought to bring... I'm just going to say NEA, guys, all right? I'm just going to say NEA. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to try to, like, navigate, like, the ORA or ARIA. The National Academy of Education, NAE. It's NAE, not NEA. So, the NAE sought to bring attention to three Trump administration efforts to crush free speech and habit and academic inquiry. This is a direct quote. Quote, number one, they want to address Trump's effort to ban use of the 1619 project by those teaching about race in U.S. schools. Number two, they want to address the Office of Management and Budget's September 4th directive to executive departments and agencies to dictate what training about race, diversity, or equality can include, and they are explicitly mandating the exclusion of a theoretical perspective that has led to important scientific research on systematic racism. And three, the U.S. Department of Education launching an investigation of Princeton University based on the contention that the university's intention to reconsider its own potential biases or patterns of systemic racism means that prior sources of non-bias constituted false statements implicitly threatening the university's federal funding. All right, let me break that down in layman terms, all right? Let me, let me break that, because that's pretty dense. The NAE, what the NAE is saying, what they want to do, what they're doing in the statement is they're challenging the ban of the 1619 Project, all right? The Office of Management and Budgets, their, remember their executive order to stop all CRT training to inf- uh, federal employees. And they also want to protest against pr- the Department of Education's investigation into Princeton University. So Princeton University was reconsidering their own bias as a university and their own history as a university and kind of perpetuating racism through their system and the department of education was looking into them to withhold federal funding for (laughs) princeton doing this study so basically they were trying to punish princeton for looking at princeton's own biases think about that that makes no sense all right the nae they point to peer-reviewed vetted legitimate childhood through professional development studies that demonstrate early exposure to diversity of ideas and open academic inquiry, they say that they actually helps a person become more of a consensual decision maker 
It fosters an appreciation of their own identity and the identity of others, and it also improves overall learning experience. According to the NAE, more education about racism and race are needed in classrooms on all levels. The NAE emphasized that the federal government should have no role in determining what and what is not allowed to be taught in American classrooms, especially when the education helps promote more inclusion and fosters honest conversation. The only way to resolve social inequality is through research, teaching, and professional learning. Quote, Thus, we stand against any directives that do not allow professionals to talk openly and honestly about race and racism, even when these discussions are uncomfortable. End quote. The statement also compares deniers of systematic racism to Holocaust deniers. Quote, in the 1970s, educators stood against Holocaust deniers to ensure that students would learn the truth of Nazism and anti-Semitism. Today, we must stand against that notion that systematic racism does not exist, end quote. The statement by America's two leading educator associations is a strong repudiation of the anti-CRT fervor. That's all we got for today. We talked about an introduction to CRT. I really hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. We're going to be back with more later this week. God bless you all. Remember, we have to be balanced. We're going to talk about the CRT opponents next week. God bless you guys. Stay safe. Put God first. Stay positive. Always get after it. Ape.